Friends, family, dearly beloved, um, we are gathered here today uh, to say goodbye. Uh, we're here today to say goodbye to MSU basketball, um, the 2021-2022 season. Um, now, for a lot of people, um, this season was not easy. It was um, filled with challenges. Um, there were times where you wanted to give up and times where you felt like this whole thing was pointless. Uh, but I'm here to say uh, life is pointless. There's no meaning to life. Um, it is, life is a constant series of disappointments. Um, and then you feel a few seconds of blissful joy as you relive the highlights of your life. Uh, before the sweet embrace of death uh, takes you to the great eternity of nothingness. Um, and that's really all I got. Um, do I have anything to add? I mean, it, it was a season that started out, I think, I think phenomenal for, from what we expected. And then <clears throat> it seemed like once January hit, it seemed like the break, the wheels were starting to kind of get a little loose. The lug nuts were getting a little loose. And then, you know, they fell off in, in February and at the beginning of March. But I think we rebounded pretty well. And, I mean, if you told me three weeks ago that we would, we would pretty much play Duke up until the last minute in the NCAA tournament, I would probably go, okay, I think you're full of shit, so I'll take that bet. Um. You know, that game, <clears throat> excuse me, that Duke game, I'm proud of the way we fought. I think we fought, we saw glimpses of the future, which we're definitely going to get into. Um, it made me more optimistic about things. And it also, it was a game where, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there the whole day like, you know, man, what do we see? Uh, Illinois goes down at noon. Ohio State goes down at like 2.30. And then we go down and then Wisconsin goes down like just a domino. And then Purdue's just the one domino left. Well, besides, you know, who um, it, I was bummed because, you know, like we're, we're up five with five minutes left. And, you know, like for me, you know, it's, it's literally the Hawkeye gift. Don't give me hope. Did anyone, did you guys feel that too? Like, don't, don't, don't open the door just for it to slam shut on me. I, um, I fully expected, I fully expected to lose all day. Um, I didn't really think, I didn't really think we had a chance. I mean, I mean, I think, I think we would have had the horses. I think on paper, we have the horses to beat, to beat Duke, Duke, especially that Duke team who I felt, um, was really starting to feel the squeeze of the Coach K retirement tour. Um, but ultimately, when your co-captain uh, decides to Irish exit the season come New Year's, and uh, and the only freshman getting significant minutes commits a backbreaking turnover, um, it, it just kind of is what it is. Carter, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, I, I actually um, missed a very good portion of the game this weekend. I was doing some coverage for my internship of Michigan State baseball. I am delighted to inform you guys that Michigan State baseball did sweep the series against Houston Baptist. They improved their record to 10 and 7 this season uh, with you, a couple Boss. of. Yeah, thanks, Jake Boss. <laughs> with a couple of. Uh, with a couple of late inning heroics in all the games, two were walk-offs. One was an eighth inning home run. Uh, that was the difference maker. So I did, so I did uh, miss the basketball game for the most part, because I was focused on baseball in the press box, but there, um, but there were, you know, there were people watching and following the scores in the press box. So I was kind of keeping an ear to the streets as I could, but uh, you know, I, it, it wasn't where my focus was. Um, what I did see was that we were shooting the ball pretty well, but they were also shooting the ball really well. Like I saw that they were making the most ridiculous low percentage shots as well. Um, Paolo Bancaro yeah. just looked every part of, of the uh, lottery pick, the top three pick that he is. Um, I also saw, I mean, that Joey Hauser tried to go ISO on him when we're up by one or down by one, I think. <laughs> Oh, and that kind of pretty much was the end of it. Your so did it. I missed a good deal of it. But, you know, from what I saw, you know, the, the, the emotions from those who did watch were a little bit different from mine because I was just saying, OK, it was a fight with Duke. And that was, you know, we were hanging in it. We had a lead for a while. But, you know, you can never count out a Duke team. So I'm like, OK, it's fine. You know, that's OK with me. And you know what they say? Moral victories are for minor league coaches. But for a season where there weren't as many regular victories as we wanted, we'll take what we can get. Yeah, I I mean I I said it I said it I tweeted it on Sunday. I still feel it's true. I still feel it's true today. Um, you know, I'm not as as pissed off as I was kind of in the aftermath on Sunday. Same. Um, but I I still don't believe in moral victories, especially for MSU basketball. Like if St. Peter's goes out on Thursdays and get and gets absolutely dog walked, which I'm which I don't think they will, but, you know, let's just say, let's just say strikes may not on Cinderella. Then I think, then I think you can kind of sit back if you're Shamar Moore or, um, you know, any of the St. Peter's players and say, okay, like this is like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Um, and if you're Shamar Moore, your phone's blowing up from all the other coaching opportunities that are going to be uh, presented to you. Yeah, I mean that's 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 also true. I you know, I I just think for a program like like Michigan State, I just don't think um I just don't think a close fight with Duke in the round of 32 is something something we should be clapping and cheering and coming our pants about. Um the fact that we even had to play Duke in the second round is kind of a testament to how much of a failure the season was. Um you know, uh being 10th in the nation at, at one point this season and then just kind of, you know, and then having the fat and sassy loss turn into the regular kind of midseason skid turn into a total free fall, I think, um, I think falls, I think falls mainly on the staff. Um, again, I think I've been tougher on the staff than a lot of, than a lot of MSU um, than a lot of MSU fans, a lot of MSU Twitter people. Um, and, and, you know, while, well, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily the staff's fault. Malik decided to, 
decided to take an early checkout on the season for whatever reason. Um, I do think it's the staff's fault that, um, that they, that they kept doing, that they kept throwing out 30 rotations a game and not allowing a single lineup of five to kind of establish that kind of chemistry. And when they kind of fell ass backwards into a lineup that did have that kind of chemistry, both on both ends of the floor, they just, they never went to it. So, you know, ultimately, you know, say what you will about, say what you will about the fight the team had, um, say what you will about, you know, where we're going to be next season. Um, but ultimately I think Aaron Henry put it best. You don't applaud a fish for swimming. So. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm not too worried about, you know, I'm, you know, I know, I know there'll be people out there. There'll be the doomsdayers that'll say, you know, it's over, it's over for them. I mean, this team just is, you know, wasn't very good. And yeah, that is, you know, that, that that's definitely a reflection of Izzo. I think just the fact that the the 2018 class and some of these guys who haven't panned out the way they're supposed to are kind of your main contributors, that's going to happen. I mean, at least, I mean, for the very least, the 2018 class is, we expect to be done. We expect them to be gone. I don't expect Gabe or Bingham to come back. Uh, so you can finally kind of move past that age. Uh, and then you can move forward with Christy, Brooks, Aikens, um, Hogard, you know, the guys who are that new foundation, you, you have that to look forward to at the very least. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think any of those guys are coming back and I know people are, you know, crapping their pants. Like, Oh my God, we might get another year of uh, Gabe Brown and Joey Hauser and all that. Like, I mean, I think I've seen enough to be honest. And, you know, they gave us some pretty good moments like Joey Hauser. If he doesn't go off on Friday, you know, it's a different story. You know, we probably get our ass beat by Davidson if, if it weren't for him. Um, but I'm optimistic about the future. Um, I'm looking forward to Jackson Kohler, Trey Holloman, and, you know, what we got coming in next year and, um, you know, what we need to do for the future, you know, which we're going to talk about. Um, I, I just, I think there's still, there is a little bit of doubt, but I'm, I'm more positive than I was heading in the heading into like after the Ohio state game, for example, that's when I'm like, I don't know if this team can even win a tournament game. And then they won two big 10 tourney games and they got pretty close. I mean, they were, they, they were up to with two and a half minutes left in this game, you know, Hogard makes an incredible play that I kind of thought, okay, this can kind of rally the guys, you know, maybe we stop Duke, but then they drain like two threes in a row. And then it was pretty much over. Um, you know, it, it sucks. Um, I'm disappointed. And I know Izzo's disappointed, but, you know, I think we just, I think we should just talk about, what we think will happen from here, what we think should happen. Like I, you know, I said to the guys, you know, before we recorded, we should do like our own wish lists. And, you know, I think we're all going to kind of intersect at certain points. So, I mean, we can, I think SD, you've been the most vocal about things that need to change. And you're, you know, you've been, you, you have some doubts and I, I can, I can see those doubts. So why don't you start us off on what you want to happen with the program? I mean, I've said it, I've said it 
Um, I've said it privately to you guys, and 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 I'm going to come out and say it publicly. I'm withholding. I'm withholding my optimism until um, until I see what we get out of the portal because uh, you know I just I I think the 2018 class um, you know I missing out on missing out on Kithier and, and Foster are kind of like are kind of whatever like Foster was Mr. Basketball um, you know. He was, he was undersized. Everyone knew it, but, you know, he could still shoot the lights off out at the gym. So, uh, you know, I don't think anyone was necessarily expecting him to um, see ghosts the entire time he was at MSU. And Kithier, I mean, Kithier, they tried to make a mountain out of a molehill quite literally. But, you know, Gabe Brown and, and Marcus, you know, not being able to get them to a consistent level, I think was concerning. And the fact that, um, and the fact that Malik was just, was, again, was able to essentially like quit the, t- quit the team mid-January and have no one on the staff do anything publicly to address it, like strip him, like strip him off his captaincy or healthy scratching or do something to kind of like indicate that like we know what's going on and this isn't right, I think is, I think is a little bit concerning, you know, maybe they handled it in house, maybe they didn't, but whatever they did in house, whatever they did in house didn't work because he didn't get any better. So, and you know, at this point, these guys, you know, Malik is who he is. So if he's going to be a guy who's going to Irish exit mid, mid January, then what good is he to a team who has aspirations of, of a deep march run? Um, you know, when you look elsewhere, uh, Mati Sissoko is kind of on the Bingham track where, like, he's not going to get much better than he is. Um, and, and that sucks because, you know, Mati is still super, super raw. And he needs that time and attention and he needs those reps. And, and the fact that he's still doing some of the same shit he did last year um, is a bit concerning. <clears throat> you know, Julius Marble. Uh, Julius Marble couldn't find a pick and roll. Julius Marble couldn't find a pick and roll if it came up, if it shot out of his dick. Um, it, it's ridiculous in and you know when he doesn't shoot on offense, he's like he's like Ryan Gosling in Remember the Titans, an absolute liability. Uh, that's a that's a deep cut reference for for all my sports for movie hashtag movie wire, uh, you know. And and Christie, I think kind of got kind of got the short straw this year. Um, I expect him to not have to carry that much weight. Uh, we see what guards do and we see the jump guards make in the second year and in the second year of an ISO system. I mean, even Foster, I think was drastically improved in his second year. Um, again, the, the, there's levels, right. But um, I think, I think Foster was at least Foster was at least competent in, yeah. in running the offense. And I think Tyson Walker is going to, 
have more confidence to kind of shoot to kind of shoot at will um, than than he did this year. And AJ um, being handed the reins, I think, is going to be nothing but a good thing. Um, more dedicated minutes for Aikens. You know, Pierre's going to get into the mix. Um, so, but there's a big hole. There's a big hole in the post, and with a lot of these guys leaving, like like I like Kofi's gone. You know, Limperist is probably gone. Um, Are you Trace Jackson Davis too? Yeah, Trace Jackson Davis is going to hit the portal. Uh, John Harrow, I, who knows what's going to happen with John Harrow? Job. Job. John Harrow is going to go pro in something other than sports. Uh, that guy, that Ohio State guy who looks like, and everybody wants some extra, uh, who cooked us in Columbus is going to go be a doctor. So there's there, uh, or uh, fuck, Pete Nance is gone. Uh, you know, so there's there's gonna be there's gonna be a power vacuum at, at 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 the center spot in the Big Ten next year, and I think we're one of the few teams who are who are adequately set up to kind of take advantage of it. If 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 Izzo hits the portal, if Izzo adequately hits the portal, um, so you know we'll. We'll see what happens there. But again, I'm going to withhold any irrational confidence I have for this, for this team long term until I see what the results out of the portal are. Yeah, it's kind of, that's kind of one of the things I'm wishing for that's on my wish list is, is um, us being aggressive in the portal and uh, our friend, brother and family, Justin then has, you know, he wrote the article that, Michigan State is going into the portal. They're looking for a center. Uh, they've already contacted West Virginia's Jalen Bridges. Um, he's a small forward. He can play the three or the four. You know, real tough defender. Uh, rebounds well. He can shoot it a little bit. So, you know, power, you know, three, three, four, a three, four from, from West Virginia named Bridges has worked out for us before. Um, so, you know, why not, why not double back for it? Um, I also want Michigan state to go full speed ahead for, uh, I believe it's Utah Valley's center, uh, Fardaz Amac. He is, I believe a seven footer. He can shoot it pretty well. He averaged like, like 19 and 14. I know it's, you know, it's wherever Utah Valley plays, but you know, obviously he's, he's pretty good. So that's, that's somebody that you want to bring to, uh, to Michigan state. I mean, it's, it's obviously better than whatever they're going into next season with. I agree with SD about, you know, Sissoko, who just hasn't developed very much at all. In year two of someone at MSU, you want to, they don't have to be like dominant in year two, but you just want to see that. You can, you want to see the flashes that things are, you can see the signs that things are going to be, that they're going to be good. The development is working. You know, they don't have to be, they don't have to be Tillman in his second year. They don't have to be Cassius Winston or anything, but you just want to see that it's going to work. Uh, I saw that last year with AJ Hogard. I have not seen that with Marble or Sissoko at all. Uh, I think that both those guys are a lost cause. If either of them hits the portal, that's fine with me. And you you, you have to add you have to add a, a center. You have to add a big man. That's probably the biggest one. I'd like a like a wing would pretty much be gravy, but you got to have a big man. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to run the most efficient Tom Izzo Michigan State basketball team. 
Right. And, and if you're, and if you're a center, you should want to come to the big 10 because I don't think any conference in America highlights centers better than the big 10. I mean, if you look, I mean, look over the last five years, right. Or the last 10 years, Draymond, Tillman, uh, you know, Dickinson, uh, Wagner, uh, you know, Kofi, Luca Garza, right. All these guys are, are centers or stretch fives and who have a national spotlight because they play in the Big Ten. If Kofi Coburn plays for Wake Forest. He's a fringe second rounder. He's a friend. Yeah, exactly. He's playing in Europe. So I, I do think that I do think that conference prestige kind of plays a role here in who Michigan State is going to be able to go get, right? And it's an attractive destination. You get to play for a Hall of Fame coach in the marquee conference for your position, and you're probably going to get starting minutes day one. You know, I it all the stars are aligning for Michigan State to be able to basically have, have the pick of the litter when it comes to, when it comes to the centers in the port. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking out for mostly is, is, is centers. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. We, we need another big man. And I mean, two would be ideal, you know, just to have a backup, but don't want to get greedy. Um, I'm really disappointed in the development of Mahdi. I mean, he should be an enforcer. He should be good enough to get, you know, six, seven points a game, you know, do a couple dunks or have a nice couple layups, you know, put in five to five to eight minutes every game, you know, minimum. And he should be good for at least five hard fouls and Izzo yeah. won't even use him for that. <laughs> yeah, put him in there to, to um, shove Ben Carroll around a little bit. But Ben Carroll is so big, you would have just probably thrown Mandy to the ground. Right. Um, and, yeah, we need another wing. Um, I mean, all the help we can get, to be honest, especially, you know, with, okay, so say Hauser, Brown, and Bingham lead, and you still have those two open spots. You're going to have, what, Kohler, Holloman, and am I missing anyone else? No. Those are the only two coming in. So you're going to have an you're going to have an open spot. Yeah, three open spots. You're going to have three open spots. So we should, yeah. I mean, we should be one of the first. We we should be one of the premier names that people want to go to. And the one advantage of us being out early is we can grab these guys. We can we can grab them right now. And because I know with Walker, it was pretty quick, wasn't it? Like we. We exit the tournament, then maybe a week or two later, he was committed. Yeah, I think I think Walker committed by the first Sweet 16 game. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty yeah. quick. Um, so that's what I really want from the, from the players' side. Um, I mean, coaching. I mean, I think I'm I'm with SD, and I want um, I want youth. I want new blood on this team, on the staff. Um, it's pretty clear it's not working in, in certain spots. I thought the rotations in the Duke game weren't bad. Like, they were pretty solid, I mean, compared to what we were getting, which, I mean, isn't a major, you know, upgrade in any area. But it wasn't the worst thing in the world. I thought I thought that was a pretty well-executed game plan on that end. But 
Um, I want like who the who hired an offensive coordinator for their team? Um, man, it was one of like the 50 games I watched this weekend. Like someone literally hired, or no, it might have been Calvin Sampson. Um, he I, it might have been him. I'm just going to use him. And if it wasn't him, someone correct me. Like we need to have like people like an offensive coordinator, I think, or a defensive coordinator. Well, not defense. We're fine on that end, but like, I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what essentially Fife was when he was here. He was essentially <coughs> the defensive coordinator. He completely right. remade the defense in, in, in kind of his image. So I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea at all, Lucas, because you know, trust tree, the half court offense was fucking putrid this season. It was putrid. There was he, no movement. Gabe was stand, Gabe was standing in the corner like he like he's fucking REM. <laughs> yeah. That's a good we, one. We thrived when we were running the ball. Like look at the Duke game. When we were running, we were just we were dead even with them. And and then when they slowed the game down. They that's when they took advantage, but when they were when they were trying to run with us, we had the advantage, a slight advantage. But um, yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, just someone <clears throat> excuse me, more offensive minded. And I'm I'm just I'm really nervous. I think we we've all said he's been floating around the program again, and we knew <laughs> it the second he got fucking fired from Georgia. I have a gut feeling Tom Crean is coming back to staff. So here's the thing with Tom Crean. I don't necessarily think he's a bad assistant. No, I do not. I do um, not either, for the record. I think he'd be a fine assistant. I think he's better than, like, Wojcik. However, he's yeah. 55. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily youth, right? Like, no. And, and, and like, I, 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 think the, I think the argument a lot of people bring up when, when, you know, like, when I say fire Hazleton, or when, like, we say there needs to be a youth movement on the staff, I think the, well, who would you bring in? Argument is kind of lazy because, like, that's not our fucking job. Like, do you agree something is broken? That Like, Izzo should know how to fix it. He's Tom Izzo, right? I'm a shithead on Twitter drinking beer and watching the games. Like, I know shit's broken. So, like, you know something needs to change. And if Izzo can't realize that, and I'm, and I'm a drunk fat motherfucker sitting in a bar watching this game going, going, this offense is, is like LA. There's better off ball movement at an LA fitness pickup game. Then, (laughs) then that's a red flag. Probably better defensive rebounding there too. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I, 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 I agree, Lucas. I love the idea of bringing on an offensive coordinator. And, and we know Izzo's willing to do it because that Fife was essentially the defensive coordinator. Yeah. For Michigan State I, basketball. I Fife did a pretty good job overall. With I mean, he had, he had his moments, but I thought he was pretty decent. Preferably, I want that coordinator to be under 40. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that too. We're going to discriminate age in this one for yeah. sure. Yes. Yes. We I want someone, I want someone who goes to the main old school of mid range jumpers are pointless. You either drive to the hoop or you take a three. So the John B line. So John B line, but 40 years younger, basically. Facts. Big facts. <laughs> that's, that's what you want. 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, look at Nathan Oates' system. It's not great. Uh, they got they got bounced by Notre Dame. So I mean, but I I agree with you. I mean, yeah, we, we're all in agreement. We need a, you know, what's going on? We need a youth movement. Um, that's just I I just want, but I, I just I have this feeling it's going to be like a small shake up, like what D'Antonio was doing in his later years, or it's just going to be Tom Crean and one of the other guys gets bumped to a different position. Um, because, you know, we can talk about the Izzo successor stuff for, for hours and hours, and we've beaten that horse to a pulp basically. So, you know, we're not going to talk about it until, I don't know. We'll see what happens next season. I mean, it um, sounds like Izzo intends on being here for at least, at least another four or five. I, I so think this game fired him. I think this game fired him up. Like he, that that felt like old school Izzo at times. Like the passion is still there, and I don't think he's ever lost it. I, I've never said that, but you know, you kind of wonder. You know, you're getting old. You know, your your fucking child is. You know what? He's going to be a junior or a senior. Be a senior next year. Yeah, he'll be a senior. Um, you know, you've been here for so long, but you know, I want to bring up my tweet that I um, that apparently has circulated a lot. How many people um, saw and loved it, Lucas? Yeah, let's see. What's the? I'm going to do the chat last thing. Wow, sixty-seven thousand <laughs> people have interacted and loved my tweet. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, so my tweet says this. I know I'm stunned at the narrative Michigan fans make up about Tom Izzo. He was in a Final Four two tournaments ago, aka 2019, and he is one of the most successful coaches in sports in the sports history, which is a fact. Yes. But, you know, the I'm not saying this to all Michigan fans because we, we have a couple of them that in our good graces, you know, our boy Blueprint Trev, um, who I really badly wanted to bring on when we had Combo on. I really <laughs> wanted to, like, have him come in here and just start talking shit. <laughs> um, and, you know, here's a newsflash. Every coach has failures in March, and – just because your guy has had two tournaments where he's done well, that doesn't mean he's going to sustain it. There's going to be a year or actually multiple years where he fucks up in the first weekend. It's going to happen. <laughs> and they just, I just can't stand the fans that cherry pick this small timeline and say, oh man, two final fours. Well, look at us. We made a national title game in that span. Uh, cares? No, no, no media outlet boasts about national title game appearances. Like it, I mean, sure, it's an extra win, but like Tom Izzo has eight Final Fours. Um, I think Michigan, in their history, has they have eight. I'll go look it up. Yeah, yeah, look at it. Up. Yeah, please. Um, it's close. Um, and I think I think if Juwan got it last year, he would have they would have tied Michigan State. Or they would have tied Izzo. They would have tied Tom Izzo, yeah. Yeah, so they have seven uh, Final Fours. Final Fours, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They do have eight. Okay, so they tied with Izzo. But so, two after 1993. Oh, so two after – oh, so two of them are vacated. Okay. 92 and 93 are vacated, yeah. Yeah, so six Final Fours. Um, six, okay. I'm, I'm going to say they're vacated. Fuck it. But, like, I just had to bring that up because it, it – it blew up. I don't know how it happened. I must have gotten like the Sheehan bump or like the Sav bump or something. Um, the family's fed. 
<laughs> and I, I know one guy who bumped it, who screenshotted it. Um, but like, I can't stand that narrative. And when I say, when I tell people, go look at his entire resume, they say that bullshit of stop living in the past. You're just because your coach has been here only two years, you're bringing up his resume and saying he's already better than Izzo. He's not. Could he get there? You never know. I think Juwan is a good coach, but um, here's a newsflash. He's going to fuck up. He's going to screw up. Coach K's lost multiple times as a high seed. Coach K's missed the tournament. Coach K's missed the tournament. And they were going to miss the tournament in 2020, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then they bowed out due to COVID. Yeah, they were a, they were a, yeah, they were a bad team. I remember they, that. They were a really bad team. And then um, you know, Kansas obviously is Kansas. They have the second longest streak. You know, Gonzaga is up there as much as you like to shit on them for never winning a title. And you have Kentucky, who I mean, they were dog shit last year, and this year they were really good. <laughs> Thanks, Combo, for making me for convincing me to get them in the final four. Um, we all kind of, I kind of talked myself into it, but I'm I just I had to vent about it because it drives me nuts. Like, does Tom is is Tom is so perfect? No, he's not. But I fucking love that guy. You know, he's given us so many incredible memories, and I firmly believe that we're due for one or two more good memories before he's gone. Now, the scale of them, I don't know, but. Like you guys have said, you know, like multiple people said, we are still recruiting at a high level and we're bringing in not, I mean, we, we need, we need to bring in a couple more big name, big stars, you know, but like we're bringing in five stars still, you know, Max Christie, he's a five star. And like, if we fell off like D'Antonio did and just like went to the local Detroit schools and recruited and called it good, then yeah, yeah, I'm nervous. But I mean, the, I think, and talking the future, I think the Big Ten is wide open next year for us to take it. I firmly believe that. I think we're going to be a top four seed, no question. Um, right now, I think it's lining up with how many people are leaving. Like Brad Davidson's finally going to file for his for his IRA account, you know, like we're and get a job. Like finally, I think we should be competing for the big 10 title next year. Not just the surprise. Like we had this first half of the big 10 season. We should be firmly in the mix until the wire to wire, wire to wire, wire to wire, firmly in the mix until the last week. Like, you know, and if we stumble, we stumble, but um, like I've said, like Carter brought up and, and like he, like you both have brought up tonight. I've, I've said these three words for the last couple months, sophomore max, Christy is going to be awesome. <clears throat> Look at, and like we all said, you know, Kalen Lucas, his sophomore season, big 10 player of the year. You know, he had, he had gave us so many great memories in that final four run or national title game run. And, um, you know, look at Cassius Winston. I would say his jump from freshman to sophomore was pretty impressive. And you just didn't really see it because we had Tum Tum kind of running the show. But obviously, his well, and then plus the offense was still being run through Miles and, and yeah, Jackson. He, he didn't get he didn't get the keys to the Ferrari, and you know I'll, I'll never forget Kirby John Kirby of the only colors saying that you know because we all thought we blew a big chance in that 2018 season, and he's sitting there going you know what 2019 might actually be a really good team he's like they might 
stumble at first, but he's like near the end, they might be like the vintage Tom Izzo team that we love. And I mean, that's one of the best predictions I've ever heard an MSU fan say. Um, and, you know, and I think Xavier Tillman, you have to comp, you have to think about the, the jump he made from hell fresh from freshman to sophomore was impressive. Um, and especially sophomore to junior was just epic, was an incredible turn, uh, development. But, like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, for the, like, I just get mad that people shit on Max Christie. And, like, I think he had the most minutes out of the entire team this year. Am I, I'm pretty sure, right? Like, I will also go check that. Okay. Thank you. I don't, I don't know where to look for that. It's, it's on, it should just be on ESPN. Like you go to stats, oh. you see who leads in minutes. Okay. I'll, I'll try to Google it too. Uh, yes. Max Christie played 31 minutes a game. That is he ridiculous. The most. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and like, he's a freshman and yeah, he's a five-star, but like, you know, that's, a, that's a lot to put on a, on a young kid. And, you know, he, he was with these guys for the summer, but like, you still don't get conditioned to like the actual speed of a college basketball game until you play it. Like until you do those exhibitions or like the champions classic, like I, I there were so many people on, um, like I, I listen to couch and room and I, I do their hot takes once in a while. I'm like, there were some people saying Christy should transfer like for real. Like they, they weren't joking. I'm like, you, you don't watch like it's clear. And he, he had his moments in that Duke game. Like he had a nice dunk. He had a nice three pointer, but he also had that turnover. You know, that was just a backbreaker. And do you guys, I got flashbacks of a turnover from that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or you might be yeah. a too young. Are you talking about the, oh, if I'm too young, then never mind. No, go ahead. What do you think? Are you talking about the, are you talking about the King Lucas one against, or was that a foul? No, I'm talking about uh, Trey Burke stealing it from Keith Appling. Oh, shit. Okay. In 2013, when we were up by, or we were down by a point with under a minute yeah. left. And then he stole it and dunked it. And that was the game. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just gave me, a, I mean, obviously, I mean, they were both pretty important games, but this is more important. But it just kind of gave me that flashback, like, you know, a little bit of post traumatic stress syndrome or distress or, yeah. PTSD. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm have a bad brain tonight. Um, but I'm not, I mean, I just, I mean, it's a bummer. The season was a bummer. You know, I, <clears throat> there were some people on Twitter saying, what a great season, you know, thank you for the great season. And I'm like, it wasn't that great of a season. This it was an old lady. So I'm like, I'm not going to go after this old lady on Twitter, but I'm like, you should have <laughs> fucking old bat. What the fuck is her problem? My burner is already under heat for being like they're be, they're reporting my burner, so I'm not going to risk losing two accounts. Um, she was probably protesting school integration. <laughs> she said something like under the MSU basketball thing, like "Wow, what a great season!" Thank you, Coach Izzo. And I'm like, great season. Coach Izzo doesn't think this is a great season. None of the guys think this is a great season. I'm like, do you like, have dementia? <laughs> I almost said to her, we need to raise our standards a little bit here. Like, you tuned out after December. Yeah. yeah like she it, stopped She stopped watching after the Minnesota game. Yeah. Where, yeah, where Hauser great. hit the buzzer beater. And she, yep. was, she checked in. She goes, oh, great season. Yep. That's what it, Just like do the men in black and mind eraser for the rest of it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just excited. I, I'm. 
more like I said three weeks ago, I would have I was like sky's falling, but I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm still bought into this team, and I didn't you know I kept telling myself like I'm not gonna lie, I teared up after the Texas Tech game because I thought. I thought we had it. I'm like, this is a fucking. Yeah, that was it. And then, and then 2020 was it. And then I definitely did not cry. I definitely did not cry in the basement. Fucking, um, fucking liberals inventing COVID. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> then, you know, you know, and then I told myself after that game, like, don't get emotional about this team ever again. But then, God damn it. We're up by five points with five minutes left. And I'm just like, let's fucking go. And then. I said some very mean things about Coach K at the end of the game and uh, didn't help that my wife walked in and heard me say them, so I will not repeat them. Uh, they were very mean. Um, heat of the moment, but I just oh, – I really want him to fucking end his career. That would have been like – Coach just, K is going to rejoice entirement um, mm-hmm. tormenting a cartoon cat with um, elaborate – slapstick gags and eating big pieces of cheese. Hmm. What's because that? he looks because he looks like a rat. Oh, Tom looks like Jerry. a rat. Because like, he looks yeah, like Tom, Jerry, yeah. <laughs> Tom Jerry, yeah. Um, but I do want to say about Duke, I I like Paolo Bencaro. Yeah, um, Paolo, Paolo Bencaro should be a piston. As a Pistons fan, I'm sitting there just like, oh lordy. <laughs> Like, Kate Cunningham, Paolo Bancaro, Sadiq oh, Bay, Isaiah Stewart. He makes such good decisions. Uh, and Jeremy Grant. That is in that is a championship caliber. And Luca uh, Garza and Isaiah Livers. Yeah, with Luca with with Isaiah. Yeah, with those guys coming off with Christian Wood and all those guys coming off the bench. That's a fucking that's a fucking NBA championship caliber. Like it's I'm a very tall, go it's ahead, a very go tall ahead. team. Yeah, he's 6'10", 250 or something. You get K, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, what, all in the st- same starting lineup? Fucking the Suns model. Stewart. That's like, the, yeah. like Sadiq Bey's like the shortest one in that lineup at like 6'5". <laughs> yeah, the Sun, the, the Phoenix Suns model of freakish wingspans. Whew. Yeah, I was in there watching him drain these threes in my head. I'm like, God damn it. And then my, my, the right side of my brain's like, hey, that'll look good in uh, Detroit Pistons jersey. I'm like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> especially if they bring, especially bring back the teal. You know what? Um, I, I have a take about the Pistons jerseys real quick. Um, the the alternate, the city jerseys, like that are the red with the blue Detroit or whatever. Those are fire. That needs to be the primary jersey. That is there. Yeah. So and, and it is the uh, the it's like a remix of the old school Pistons logo, like the, with the horn. Yeah. That needs to be the logo. Yeah. That's a, that's a perfect evolution of the nineties. And then you so can make boring. then you can make a teal version of it. But then, so, yeah, the, I, I hate the Pistons logo. It's so boring. You need it's a like, refresh. Yeah, it's, it's like if ball. someone, it's like if someone took the Lakers. It's like if someone took the Lakers logo to a methadone clinic. Hmm. <laughs> it's literally like, um, all right, let's put a basketball. That's Detroit Pistons. All right, my work's done. Um, but I think. Isn't it rumored that we're getting a teal jersey this this uh, coming season? Yeah, next year's they're they're having like another alternate. It's called like the statement or or like remix statement remix or something like that. I'm for it. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else to add on basketball? I want to touch on a couple other things. 
Uh, I don't. I don't. Closing, closing statements. I'll let you guys. Here's, here's where here's where Max Christie. This is what he needs to do to make that scene, that that uh, freshman a sophomore jump. Um, the release of his shot needs to get a lot quicker because he will load that thing up like a Revolutionary War shotgun, and that's why he gets blocked consistently. Like I like he had his jumper blocked so many times, and that's probably a combination of how slow he gets it off, and also how dead his legs are from playing 31 minutes a game. But yeah, it's so. That's the Izzo first need, Yeah, Izzo needs to get a Ouija board and summon Chris Kyle to work on uh, to work on getting Max a quicker release. Oh my god, <laughs> you asshole! And then he was shooting. Um, he was. He said he was fantasizing about shooting fleeing fleeing people from Katrina from the top of the Superdome. Fuck that on. guy. The next thing is obviously adding more muscle for sure, because he's very skinny. He's tall, very skinny, doesn't have a whole lot of muscle on him. So um, the, his, his drives are consistently cut off. He can't get to the basket. He does have some strength and athleticism because we have seen him drive baseline and dunk a couple of times, but you want to get that a little bit more consistently. So he's got to add some, uh, he's got to add some weight to him. Uh, he has to dribble a lot better. His dribbling is not great and he needs to be, somebody on this team who can create a little bit more consistently. And that starts with tightening up his handle and being able to create his offense. Uh, And then just, and then just cutting, cutting way down on those just inexplicable turnovers. He had more of those than I think I can remember any player having, at least with some guys, you know, they'll, they'll get caught maybe at like half court or something. And they'll try to, they'll try to force a pass uh, over half court and it'll get, it'll get, knocked away but christy will just throw him out of bounds or like be wide open for a jumper or something and he'll just try to pass it and and it'll go awry and it's just very confusing and i think that comes and then i think that that gets fixed coming from having uh, another year getting, yeah getting familiar in the system so i think he does those things and you're looking at probably a lottery pick next year yeah i mean i mean my closing thoughts is I don't, I I don't think Izzo's washed. I I don't. Um, I think we still got a lot left in the tank, but I think there are things that need to be addressed in the off season. And you know, until those things kind of are, I'm withholding. I'm withholding long term optimism. Um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of committed to to fire Hazelton as like a bit now. <laughs> I legitimately think Angelton is not the answer defensive coordinator, but you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of committed to the fire Hazelton bit. Um, but I think um, I do legitimately think there needs to be youth, some kind of youth movement on the staff where, um, you know, Wojcik was never a good hire, um, even perception wise. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's just, you know, I just think I just think that was kind of uh, that was just kind of that Izzo kind of took the easy way out there, and I would just like to see him. I don't necessarily need need the younger guy they hired to be like the Jimbo Fisher figure, right? Like the guy who's like obviously the next guy after Izzo's done, um, like he was at Florida State under Bowden those last few years. Um, but I, I do think. 
I do think that I do think uh, I do think some fresh eyes um, can, can never hurt in that regard. Yeah. Yep. Well said, um, Carter. I want to get your thoughts on um, your Falcons saying goodbye to 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 another cornerstone of the of the good years of the of the really good times. Uh, your boy Matt Ryan. What 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 do you think? Uh, did you did you think it was going to happen? Yeah, uh, especially after they blew the Deshaun Watson situation. Um, yeah, they basically mortgaged everything to try to get him as their quarterback, and they basically well, if they him. blew if they blew the Deshaun Watson situation, they probably would have had Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was good. They basically had a, uh, a handshake. <laughs> they basically had a handshake agreement with them uh, and they were working on a deal to send Matt Ryan out. And then, you know, the Browns doubled back and said, Hey, here's $230 million guaranteed, which no, you know, which no sane person turns down. So I can't blame Deshaun for going to the Browns. Um, but at that point, it's like, okay, you've basically forced Matt Ryan out the door at that point. Uh, and also you've lost all your leverage on a trade with him because yeah. now that now the fact that you know that you don't have Deshaun now you kind of want him back and they're gonna be like yeah if we take him you know you're not gonna get that much and that's why they only got a, a third round pick out of it. Right. Um which does kind of suck. And I thought that if they were only getting a third they were going the Colts were going to take his whole contract, but that didn't happen. The Falcons absorbed that 40 million dollar cap hit, which is the highest of any you know NFL player ever. Um and the thing is, since pretty much 2020, pretty much since the end of the 2019 Falcons season, I was like, okay, this current, you know, this, this current roster, the current structure of what they have is not going to win anything. So it's probably best to kind of move on now. Yeah. Uh, but instead, after a season that saw the team go four and 12, they doubled down on trying to win with the team. They improved their wins by three. Uh, so, and still miss the playoffs. Uh, so basically everything that, you know, I was saying nothing of my, you know, none of my, we need to trade Matt Ryan, um, you know, campaigning had anything to do with actually Matt Ryan himself. It had to do with the direction of the team. It's like, you're just wasting years of the franchise. You're wasting years of Matt Ryan's career. It's best for both sides if they move on and they did not, they restructured his deal last year. Uh, which again, kind of was not a good thing. Um, they passed on getting someone like Fields. I know Lance was gone at that point. Trey Lance was gone. Um, but then they took Kyle Pitts, who's a tight end. He's a fine player, but you know, you had a chance to get somebody who could sit behind Matt Ryan for a year and then start the next year. Uh, but now you don't have a plan. You have Marcus Mariota coming in for a year. Um <laughs> So I think they did some things right and a lot of things wrong. Like moving on from Matt was the right decision. I think they did it too late. Uh, and I don't think that they have a plan in place. It looks like they're going to take someone from this class, like whether that's they like, if, if, if Malik Willis is there at eight, which I highly doubt he's there. I think someone else is going to take him beforehand. Lions. Uh, they, might. <laughs> they, Oh, sorry, Carter. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll speak on, I'll speak on Malik. <laughs> I'll speak on Malik after you finish up. Like, right, okay. okay. Um, whether that's like Kenny or they take Kenny Pickett at eight, which would absolutely infuriate me. 
Um, or if they went with somebody in the second round, like a, like a Desmond Ritter or like a, a Carson Strong, somebody like that. I still don't love the plan. You know, I think that you should just take someone at eight, like a, an edge rusher, one of the receivers. I still really like Jameson Williams, uh, even with the ACL tear. If it's expected that he's supposed to make a full recovery and get back to that same speed that he had, then I absolutely would take him at eight still. And then the quarterback that you have next year, who I think they should go after a quarterback because they're probably winning, I don't know, two or three games and we'll have a top two or three pick uh, next year. You have a chance to get someone like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, one of those guys uh, who, you know, already looks looks really good. And then you have a chance to add him to Kyle Pitts if you take a rec- – I imagine they would take a receiver in this class, at least one or two. So you would have Pitts and a couple receivers. And then you have $100 million in cap next year. So I would – not be worried about a quarterback this year. I think they're still going to take one anyway because you kind of can't put all your eggs in one basket can't for next it. year. So you got to give them, yeah, you got to you got to have at least a competition of whoever you draft this year and Marcus Mariota. But I I, I would take a quarterback in, in 2023 instead. But mm. you know, I I don't have a whole lot of faith in this regime to do the right thing because nothing that they've done in the past two years has given me any indication that that's what they're going to do. All uh, right. Here, here are my thoughts on Malik Willis at two. Um, I, it. Did you say you say Malik Willis at two? Yeah. Here are my thoughts on Malik Willis at two. Uh, I, I want to give, I want to give Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell the benefit of the doubt. Right. This is the first time I think in a really long time I have legitimately bought in on on a Lions organization because I legitimately believe that they've been doing the right things, right? And, but ultimately I feel like reaching on Malik Willis uh, when you have, where you have guy, where you have elite guys at positions you need to fill that you can't necessarily address through free agency. Um, I just think that, I just think that's SOL. Like, I think that's an SOL move to take Malik like, like I, like we know what Jared Goff's ceiling is. If, if Jared, if everything goes right around Jared Goff, he's going to, he's going to not fuck up a trip to the Super Bowl for you. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm okay with starting to pull out of the tank. I don't necessarily, you know, tanking another year. I don't necessarily think is, is productive. Um, you know, I'm okay with competing and maybe winning five or six games because I think next year's quarterback class is, is very good. Um, you know, even outside of CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, I think there are a lot of talented quarterbacks who are going to come out next year and, you know, some surprise guys who are going to come out of nowhere. Um, and I, and like, if you want to take a quarterback in this class, I don't think, like Malik Willis is, I don't know. Like I, he has potential. I can see the potential, but you know, I just, I don't, if, if you're going to take Malik Willis, you should be Malik Willis is a guy you start week one because you just want him to figure it out. Right. Right. I don't think Malik Willis, like Kenny Pickett, I think is a guy you want to sit for a year so we can learn and adjust. Right. Because he's kind of got that experience and, 
And, you know, I think that would benefit him or Desmond Ritter. Um, but Malik Willis, you know, his game, con- his game demands that you start him as soon as possible. And, <coughs> and with the kind of cap money, less need. And with the kind of cap money, less need. Um, and via the trade, Brad Holmes dedicated to Jared Goff. Um, you know, I just don't think that's. I just don't think it's the correct move. I think Kyle Hamilton or, or even, you know, in Hutchinson, even though I think, I think in Hutchinson kind of has a high plus potential, not just because he went to Michigan, but just all of the pre-draft stuff around him. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's kind of made his draft stock a little shaky and, and I just don't, I don't like Malik Willis at two. I don't. At 32, if he somehow falls to 32, then yeah, take him. But he's not going to. So you shouldn't reach for him at two. Take Kyle Hamilton, build up the defense, and then, you know, get get an AFC quarterback who's frustrated because the AFC, the AFC quarterback pitcher is bottlenecked and it affects the playoff pitcher. And all of a sudden, the guy who was competing for playoff contention isn't because now he has, now he has Russell Wilson in his division, or now he has Deshaun Watson in in, in their division, right? So I just think, I just think you can kind of, I think quarter, I think I think the last few off seasons have shown. That if you if you want a really good quarterback in the trade market, you can get one. You can get you can get a really good quarterback in the trade market. No quarterback is off limits now. Um, I I think I, you know Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers is off limits, but that's because a lot of cities have a vaccine mandate. Um, <laughs> you know Tom Brady is you know Tom Brady is essentially off limits, um, but he's at the end of his career anyway. But for these younger generation of quarterbacks, you know, if they're unhappy, got they're going to move them because the alternative is them sitting out for an entire year. And I want to say something that I find hilarious in the aftermath of this last week of quarterback shuffling is like Baker Mayfield has begged teams to trade for him like the Colts. He's like texting them you up and they're just let, leaving him on read. And they're going to get Matt Ryan, which I think I think is a better trade. Yeah. I mean, I honestly believe that. And <laughs> then I saw a tweet that someone said, like, <laughs> Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers have a mutual disinterest <laughs> in each other. And that yeah. is <laughs> Who want I mean, me? No, 100% meme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks for stealing that, Annie Agar. The um, tone setter's supremacy forever. Sucks. Um CJ Ham highlights for life. Um, yeah, I, that's what I find the most hilarious, the most interesting thing. <laughs> like, where is Baker gonna go? And like, there, there's the yeah. only slim little chance that, like, say the NFL is like, hey man, we're gonna suspend you for half a year to Deshaun. Like, you just you, you jerk, you got jerked off too much, man. That's not cool. You know, we're gonna sit you for half. Yeah, a year. you were a little, you were a little too pushy. You saw the happy ending a little too much. Like at least. <laughs> Like craft, craft only got craft only got pinched once, my man. Twenty two is excessive. Yeah, we're we're gonna <laughs> one game for every three occurrences. Um, so yeah, eight games. 
that would be hilarious if the Browns are like, we're going to keep you, man. But like, they're, they're not, I don't know. They're not going to do that, but that would be so funny. <laughs> they're like, just because th- that was so, that was great until they got Watson. They're like, yeah, we're not training you, dude. Just fucking deal with that. Like that was the Browns are going to Brown this up and it's going to be great. I mean, I don't know if the Browns are Browning it up as much as Baker is true. I mean, like, I don't know. I think, I think the Browns would have Browned it up if they hadn't landed Deshaun. Yeah. Then then they would have been like what the Falcons were in, you know, that type of situation. Well, even worse because (coughs) Matt Ryan would have forgiven and forget. Yeah. uh, Baker was going to sit out the whole year. Yeah, Baker was gonna uh, pull Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Baker was gonna Baker was gonna sit out the whole year. So I wonder um, where I, he's gonna go though. Like, I, I I honestly I honestly think he's stuck in Cleveland. I don't know if I don't know. And there might be a team at the deadline where like a yeah. quarterback gets hurt. And it, I don't even I don't even know, man. I, who is Seattle's quarterback right now? Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Drew Locke. I, I think Pete Carroll's kind of wrapping up there anyway, so I think yeah, he might too. just roll. I think he might just roll with Drew Locke for this year and then dip. <laughs> I, I think he's going to get traded, but it's going to be like there. There are rumblings that the Lions have kicked the tires on him, and I don't believe that for a second. I mean, I, I don't. I don't necessarily. Well, I like that's the other thing about Malik Willis is like both Tim Boyd, both Tim Boyle and David Blau have have come back and sign contracts. So yeah. And golf's under contract. So like, what's your game plan? If you draft Malik Willis to trade for Baker, are you going to like, are you going to cut one of the, one of those guys? I don't, I don't necessarily see. I don't necessarily see Campbell or Holmes doing business like that. I think they would, I think they would go, Hey, we're looking for a quarterback. You know, one of you guys, we're going to set you out on the market and hope you, you know, God, Godspeed, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. So go ahead, go ahead, Carter. You've been waiting. I think Baker might have to accept being a backup somewhere or earning a spot. Like in, like if it's in <laughs> Seattle, he's going to have a competition with Drew Locke, or you know, like the Panthers don't even want him. They have Sam Darnold as their quarterback. That is just that that shows you right there, like how low, like how low his his yeah. value is, how low his mark, how thin and shallow his market is. I, I, yeah, I can't think of anywhere else he would even go. I mean, what Indianapolis didn't want him. Atlanta didn't want to trade for him. Even Houston Houston. didn't want to, even Houston didn't want to trade for him. I mean, Davis Mills is probably better than Baker Mayfield right now. My goodness. It's, it's, it's amazing to see how in like a year and a half, his image has gone from, you know, he led the Browns to their first playoff win in what eons. Yeah, and now and and he was and they competed with the Chiefs in the AFC uh, divisional round. They had them on the ropes for a little bit, and then they just they couldn't put them away. Like, and now here we are, a, a year and two months later. Like, oh man, like he's, you know, he stinks, and that's just what's amazing about it is he was brought in to be the savior, and not even five years, not even four years later, it's like. I thought it was going to be a hit. It turns out he fucking sucks. Like type of shit. I think he, uh, honest prediction. I think he goes to Seattle. I think that's, I think he's going to compete with Drew Locke and because he's got to be on his rookie deal still. Right. Yeah. He didn't be last year. 
Yeah, he didn't get a contract extension. So you can get him, you can have him cheap for a year. And if he wins the job, he wins the job. If not, he rides the bench and kind of has to prove himself again. Like, excuse me, like Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, like those type of guys. Um, but man, it's amazing what, you know, like <laughs> being the NFC West, like you got Matt Stafford and then you have <laughs> Kyler Murray and then, uh, Jimmy you know, still, huh? technically. Jimmy G is still technically. I think Jimmy G is going to stay there. I really do. I think it, most teams that have needed quarterbacks uh, have have got them, except for maybe Pittsburgh. But right, I think Jimmy G staying in San Francisco because I think it's I think Jimmy gonna, G. I think Jimmy G is going to be a deadline move. Yeah. Right, I could see that. I think he's going to be the starter to start the year, and then if he, I think Trey Lance, it's going to be like the thinnest leash you can think of, or the shortest leash you can think of. So like if he throws a couple picks in a game, Kyle Shanahan's like, you're fucking out. Like Trey Lance is coming in. And eventually you have to roll with it. Like eventually you have to just let Trey Lance figure it out. But he's had a year to cook and he's been in games. Like he's done okay. But yeah, I think Jimmy G's a starter. And I, I think Baker Mayfield's going to Seattle. I think it's I think he will. They're they're gonna move on from him. I, I just think it's gonna be such a toxic, it's not gonna be a great locker room with Deshaun Watson there with the stigma he's got around him right now. And it's not going to help with Baker Mayfield. He, he is going to be gone within the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring up the NFL because I just think it's fascinating what is going on. It is a it is a 24-7, 365 league again, and I love it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think there's um, I think there's a lot going on and, and, and you know, it's going to it's going to be interesting going into the draft, what these two strategies are. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of people who are like Malik Willis at two um, should look at like kind of like the quarterback trade market the past two off seasons and and kind of assuage yourself from from settling, right? Uh, because again, if the Lions draft Kyle Hamilton and they have an elite defense and that needs to be quarterback. The Right. There's going to be a disgruntled guy. There's going to be a disgruntled proven starter somewhere who's going to want to change a scenery. Yeah. And the Lions are going to look mighty attractive. So I I really don't think creating a, a, a Trey Lance uh, Jimmy G situation with, with Goff and, and Willis is, is, is necessarily the most productive thing for the, for the competitive future of this football team. Everyone loves drafting QBs, right? They're flashy. You know, they're the playmakers. They're the cornerstone of your franchise. Right. They're the face of the franchise. But Kyle Hamilton is going to single-handedly win Detroit games next season. Yeah, I, he, fully, I, I firmly believe that. Aiden Hutchinson, Hutchinson, Hutchinson has potential to be a difference maker on the Lions defense next do, season. Do you, do you think, say, Jacksonville just switches it up on everybody, takes Kyle Hamilton number one? Do you think Hutchinson is a lion no matter what? Yeah. Uh well, I truly, I truly think it's in their best long-term interest to take Evan Neal. So okay. I I I think I think Evan Neal is already locked in as the number one pick because you know they have to protect Trevor Lawrence. Right. Um, you know, especially after the season he had the rookie season he had. Well, that's just um, the worst fucking situation for him. 
you got to give him, you got to give him the best atmosphere possible to succeed and giving him Evan Neal. I believe I Trevor think, Lawrence will be a good quarterback. I, I firmly, I do. That. I do too. But I think giving him Evan Neal is kind of like a, it's kind of like a show of good faith. Like, Hey, like we know we fucked up, but we truly do believe in you. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. We're sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Hutchinson will be, will be a fine <laughs> player, but I'm telling you, man, the short, I mean, my, my guy has short arms. Aaron Donald has short arms, but like, they just, it just makes me nervous. Aaron, Don, Aaron Donald is more than one move too. And Aaron Donald is the best defensive player arguably ever to play the game. And yeah, not, not biased at all. Um, no, but um, he's one of the best, but like, I think it I mean it'd have to just be an adjustment because I feel like he just took one really great month of football, like in the spotlight and rode that to this status. And that might not be fair because I don't watch Michigan football. So I, I know I'm being biased, but like, I just look at Kyle Hamilton and I'm like, God damn, that has to be the guy, especially with Okuda, like not free, working out. Yeah. Free half Um. You, you and I get, and I get. That's why a lot of people are hesitant, right? Like they took Okuda at three, but that's um, not, it's not. But they're they were also extenuating circumstances, right? Yeah, like Pat Patricia, right? I'm well. <laughs> it wasn't just the. It was Martha writing the letter. It was them not even pretending to be interested in Tua. Right. Uh, it was a confluence of things where they could really only take Okuda. Right, Good. Okuda was the only logical pick. They were kind of they were kind of hamstrung by that. So right. I, you know, I Bob Quinn fucking sucks. He's an asshole. Patricia fucking sucks. He's a rapist. But you know, it there and you know it was ultimately their fault. They were in the position where they had to take Okuda anyway. Right. But you know, I don't think management kind of. I don't think management was necessarily helpful. No. Like, first of all, what's, what is, what is it? What is the NFL draft? I'm a Rams fan. I don't, I don't know what draft picks are. That's all I know. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think we we got a lot of second and third day picks. So I'll see you guys on uh, what Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Friday. Friday, Friday, April 30th, I think. Yeah, we're just going to relax on Thursday. We're going to call it good. Um, no, I, I just find it interesting that this, dra- this draft's going to be – I love watching the draft, but it's going to be tough for me to root for the Lions with Hutchinson, but I, I'm, I'll get over it because, yeah, he was a Michigan – he's a Michigan guy, but, you know, like if Hutchinson were on the Rams and did well, I would be – I'd be riding as – you know, I'd be a dick rider. Like I'd be like, yeah, Hudson rules. He fucking awesome. But, um. Yeah, I. Well, that was. Yeah, I'm glad I brought up that question about about uh, about the second pick because it's going to be really interesting. What do you think they're going to do with a 32nd pick? You think? Do you think if a quarterback's there, they might snag one? Uh, no, because I think the quarterbacks that are going to be there, um, your Carson Strongs, your your um, your Caleb Ellerbees, your Desmond Ritters, um, I I think those are going to be guys who. Um, who you could maybe get later if they really wanted to get a quarterback. So I'd like to see them. Um, I'd like to see them, you know, search elsewhere. Um, you know, I, I think if, if somehow, if shit hits the fan and Traylon Burks is sitting there at 32, 
Um, that's obviously like your dream scenario. Um, otherwise, I'd like to see them go defense again. Okay. Um, man, I, I oh well, you know they could just tank this year again and um, get the number one overall pick, Peyton Thorne. You know. Yeah. Fair. And then you know, with the next Rams pick at uh, I'll go seven at seventeen, they could get Jane Reed. Well, I'll be nice and say seventeen, Jane Reed. Yeah, or thirty-two, maybe Jane's you know bargain value. Well, you know, Jane Reed will probably go number two overall. Let's let's just be honest. Right. Yeah, because um, he'll be he'll be the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, he'll be uh, the Heisman Trophy winner. Hashtag um, Jane Reed to NYC. Yep, we're gonna get that going this off season. We're gonna do, push that as agenda. Um, I love that. And, and last thing, you know, a little bit of movie wire. Are you guys pumped that we're going to get an Avatar two trailer in a month? Does it move uh, the needle? No. We do not. <laughs> uh, we do not care. <laughs> I'm here to tell care. you right now. Like my mom loves Avatar, and I told her, like, "Yeah, there's a trailer coming in a month." She goes, "They're making another one." I'm like, "Yeah, it was they really supposed to come out. To, it was supposed to come out uh, 11 years ago, but he's making he's making four of them." So she's like, four? She's like, I'll yeah. be in the 80s by the time these, these stupid movies are done. <laughs> I was a I was a virgin the last time an Avatar movie came out. Me too. Yeah. I was like eight. <laughs> yeah, so, Well, but were you a virgin? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't know if you were involved in the Catholic Church or not. So. Oh boy. My, oh my god. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm keeping it in because we are we have all distinct voices. Um, they'll go after you, not me or Carter. Um <laughs> no, I, uh, that's kind of the staple of that's kind of the staple of the podcast. Isn't yeah, it? they'll go after you, not it's, Lucas or Carter. It's our brand. We're apparently homophobic too. But, um, <laughs> they, but you know what? They go after Lucas anyway. So I don't. Oh, they, they do. They, go after I'm. Lucas. You know, God gives his his greatest soldiers the the toughest battles. Um, all right, all right, Dame Lillard. No, um, <laughs> real quick. But like my favorite Avatar memory was seeing with my mom on Christmas Day, and there was this grandma in front of us who wouldn't stop talking at full volume. And the dead silent, my mom just goes, Will you shut the hell up? And the <laughs> whole theater burst out laughing. That was my favorite Avatar memory. Uh, oh, and apparently a Thor trailer coming any day. That's fucking any dumb. day. Any, any day. day. Insiders are saying within the next week, we probably have it. Let's, um, let's fucking go. All right. I, I don't, I, I hope so, but I'm surprised we haven't gotten one. So I'm wondering what's going on. But, um, Huh? Oh. Uh, I think that's good, Pod. I think we got a lot of filled in. Um, Until next week, we will. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out to talk about. We'll talk about the tournament, and uh, we'll shoot the shit. We'll go from there. All right, fellas, we're out. Uh, Go green. Go white. Go get a center, Tom. Go white. I love you, Matt Ryan.